This is Essential. 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 This is Essential Audio. Hey, Monique. How has it been having a teenage son during this pandemic? Well, my son takes it very seriously. Practically bathes in sanitizer, makes sure to clean all the groceries. He doesn't want any part of being sick. I mean, he is the cleanest teenage boy I've ever seen. It is crazy. Uh, so why are, why are we kind of starting with my son anyway? Well, I've been looking at the fintech spaces that have thrived during the pandemic. And one we really haven't talked about is estate planning. Well, who really likes to think about death? It's gory. It sounds like people prospering off of death and fear. I know, but, but there are some really interesting solutions that have actually flourished because of this moment we're in. And that's what we talk about on The Money Pot, the solutions. Okay, well, before we go any further, I want to welcome our listeners to The Money Pot, our podcast at Money 2020. I am Monique Ruffbell, the event director for Money 2020 USA, and I'm here with Rachel Morrissey, one of our content producers. So, Rachel, before we talk about these solutions, why are we doing an episode on estate planning anyway? Well, let me ask you, during this pandemic, what has been foremost in your mind? Well, the health and well-being of my family, obviously, helping everyone to stay safe, checking in on our parents, making sure they're safe. So, you know, family is important. Exactly. Our families, keeping them healthy, keeping them financially afloat, trying to get prepared. And so I spoke to a guy who started a business to address just that. My name is Cody Barbo, the co-founder and CEO at Trust Them All. And I've been an entrepreneur for decades. This is actually my third startup, second venture-backed business. I've been down this path before, but it's my first in fintech, first venture in fintech. And my co-founders and I started the business two and a half years ago because most of our friends were in our 30s. So as you can tell, Cody is a problem solver. And like many entrepreneurs, he's encountered a process he finds expensive, antiquated, and non-transparent. And all of those cry out for disruptive tech to be a solution. We're getting married, having kids, buying homes, kind of adulting for the first time in our lives, although we're forever kids at heart. And you start to make these smart decisions, like working with an advisor, or you maybe go with a robo, or you start to think about your life insurance needs. And especially as you become a parent, life insurance, 529s, a will, because of the guardianship piece, becomes uh, hopefully a priority for a lot of parents out there. But most people don't know where to start. And the obvious is to go to an attorney, but most attorneys are going to charge you three to $5,000 for an estate plan. It's going to take three to five weeks or more of your time. So I like that he wants to solve the problem, but this isn't the first solution for estate planning online. Why is this solution unique? Well, to answer that, we have to think about a couple of different things. I mean, let's think back. When the pandemic hit, what was the first thing you secured? I made sure we had the basics because I didn't know what was going to happen with grocery stores or food delivery or anything else. I mean, toilet paper was at the top of the list. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly what most people did. And then in April, as the infection rate and the death rate went up, people began to plan for what would happen to their families and their assets if they were in a worst case scenario. So we started seeing as soon as the pandemic unfolded, a similar increase in site visits and also a similar increase in registrations, people signing up to at least start the process. And over the next three months, basically through today, we've seen that volume maintained. People are very much in the mindset of, I'm scared of the what if. What if I get COVID? What happens to me? What happens to my family? And the way that our team responded to it very appropriately is that we're selling umbrellas in the rain versus a sunny day. 
if you're in New York, you know what it's like to grab an umbrella for 20 bucks off the street when it's raining, you just don't want to get wet. And we've, we felt like, let's give the same five-star experience to people coming through. They're never rushed. They can take as much time as they need. We educate them. We have live chat support. They can book a phone call. And their information's auto-saved. So if they start this process at home and they're waiting for a spouse to come back or they want to wait till the weekend to finish it, they can take as much time as necessary. So this wasn't built for the issues in the pandemic. They're just realizing that what they built is particularly useful during this time. Kind of like contactless payments weren't built with the pandemic in mind, but they have become very useful. I think there would be three elements needed to make this successful, though. The first two they mentioned... They have a lot of educational help and support to take you through the process. And the process can be done from beginning to end. Yes. In fact, they have life insurance and other financial products with a variety of partners. Our goal is to make sure that there's an audit trail from the creation of the estate plan, the ongoing updates. There's multiple touch points and identity verification for the people named in the documents as we continue to go down this path. And try and minimize the fraud and elder abuse that often takes place uh, offline in this country. And it'd be very, very hard to change that with what we're doing. Basically, they want to take you through your whole financial life to make sure that your estate plans and will are completely comprehensive together and delivered to the right people. So this almost addresses the third piece. He said that he wants an audit trail. I think one reason people go to a lawyer is to make sure that everything is legally binding and up to date. Right. So usually any documents like this need to be legally notarized, which requires a live signature in front of a licensed notary who can stamp it and affirm their own signature to witness it. But doing all of this online and then having to do the last step in person wouldn't really be a complete solution. So they've solved for it. With social distancing, how do you execute these documents? How do you do a digital signature or a digital notary or how do you social distance a signature notary experience with your bank or a mobile notary. And we're one of the few, if not the only company still today that has done the first electronic will in U.S. history in the state of Nevada. And there's a couple more states that will be rolling out next month, Florida, Indiana, Arizona. And we'll, while we're live nationwide, these states, you'll never have to go offline again. Digital signature, digital notary, digital stored documents. And didn't New York and several other states have standing orders during the pandemic to allow for digital signatures? They did. And these guys intend to utilize those and build out as fast as they can. We're, I mean, we are going to be relentless with our approach to bringing this to all 50 states. And the pandemic, it led to some emergency executive orders. So there's probably 10 states, and I think New York was one of them, Cuomo signed it. It was an emergency executive order to allow for remote signing or digital signing of documents, but it was super loose. It's more of like the Band-Aid and duct tape, like let's do something because we check off a box because uh, I'm a politician or it sounds good in theory, but it's not a quality experience that you would get from either going offline to a notary or what we're doing with our partner, Notarize. Notarize is another venture-backed business. I like his attitude. Let's use the moment to get new solutions out there. This business obviously exploded between March to July. Yeah, and I I think the crisis has highlighted a trend that we often think is too gruesome to talk about, but that money managers have their eyes on. We are about to have a huge generational wealth transfer, or that is what we were anticipating. Uh, The boomers command over 57% of the wealth. Gen X only has about 16%, and the millennials, who are now between 25 and 40 years old, have about 3%. 
And without a will and estate plan, the transfer is vulnerable to a lot of different issues. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that it, it did more than anything. And we're, we're biased because we're in this space, but it, it did bring more attention than we've seen in recent memory. And people forget estate planning, it affects everybody. Your ass, when you die, your assets transfer through an estate plan or through probate. That is it. That's how it works in the United States. The pitch that we run with as a team, the pitch that we give to investors, the pitch that we give to a lot of our financial services and insurance partners is we are building the foundation to facilitate an end-to-end digital transfer of wealth. There's 30 trillion and more that will pass over the next 10 to 20 years from boomers through Gen X down to millennials. And if we can get people to set up these documents with us, which half the 50 plus demographic doesn't even have, or the half that does have a set of documents, which I know we're on audio, we're on video, but for audio, I'm holding up a binder of an estate plan, a three-ring binder, which is what most experienced do. Can you even locate this? He said 50% of people 50 and older don't have any will or plan. And that number is much higher when it comes to minorities. Only 42% of Black Americans have a will. Clearly, not having a will has seriously hurt our ability to build and pass on wealth. Yeah, one of the most recent examples of that is actually is Aretha Franklin. I mean, can you believe she was worth over $80 million and she didn't have a will? That left her estate open to more taxation and probate, so it was reduced by over half when it was split amongst her four sons, and her longtime partner didn't receive anything. Now, that is less of a tragedy when you have that much money, and her partner may not have worried about it because he had his own wealth. But if you are a family with an inherited plot of land, it leaves that land vulnerable to being stolen from your family. Oh my goodness. I mean, someone should have put R-E-S-P-E-C-T on Aretha's name. I can't believe she didn't have a will. But yes, because dying without a will subjects you and your property to taxation and partition. In 1910, Black Americans owned over 14 million acres of land. A lot of that property was not considered as valuable back then, but very valuable now. And due to lack of wills and trusts, Black ownership has plummeted and been subjected to liens in a law called heirs property. Yeah, heirs property is a system of fractional ownership by the heirs of a landowner. And if one of those heirs sells, it leaves a door open for a new owner to force the sale by all of the other heirs. So developers have used this system to appropriate the lands of Black Americans for years. It's just cheaper and easier than attempting to negotiate with all of the owners. If Black Americans had legal wills and trusts, then a lot of this development would have benefited them more. And the wealth of the land would have stayed in their hands. But Black Americans, for good reason have long distrusted legal institutions and what wills and trusts provide. And this is where I think something interesting could happen. I mean, in tech, there is a theory that part of innovation happens with the way it is used. So you can design something for a specific user, but other users can see opportunities in it for expanded use or other uses. And I'm wondering about technology like this creating a more trusted system that minorities can use to make sure to protect their property rights and their descendants' rights. So because this is completely verified, notarized, and well-advised from end to end, this could be a great tool to overcome the distrust that minorities have of the system. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm wondering. There's a fintech report done by Plaid that we're going to actually discuss in another episode. But in the report, 
It said that nearly half of Black PFM users said that lowering the price barriers and giving them more oversight helped create new savings habits. And I'm wondering if this access can have a similar effect on wills and trusts. Wait, did we just give them a new marketing target for free? Well, I think they probably already know. But if we did, I mean, they can have it. (laughs) Historically, we haven't paid as much attention to things like estate planning because it seemed like something only the wealthy needed. But like investments and general wealth management, it is clear that the more available these tools become, the more they can help everyone. And this is it for this episode of The Money Pot. We want to thank our guest, Cody Barbo of Trust and Will, for sharing his insights with us. Also, we will be posting information on Wills and Trust and the Black American community as well. And we want to thank our producer, Roland Boddenham. And if you like this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Also, send any ideas you have for a topic and our guests to podcast at money2020.com. Thank you for listening. This is Essential. 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 This is Essential Audio.